It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday october 26th and you're listening to episode 439 i'm your host as always jason joined today by special guest omari akil hey omari how you doing hey jason i'm good how are you <laughs> good good sorry that was my that was my my intro podcast voice i don't i don't keep that up for the whole time but it always uh it's something we've done for the whole show for 430 39 episodes and so i feel like i always have to do that intro even though it sounds silly um yeah, yeah. i love it i Keep forget to it. tell people <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks so hey how's it going um i mean today it's going good <laughs> yeah 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 get your oh, uh, yeah yeah you, did your kickstarter go up yesterday right as of when we're recording this uh, yes for hoop gods uh, already funded which is exciting um that's pretty so cool exciting. Yeah, and I yeah. You know, by the time people are hearing this show, it's mega funded. It's it's like seven hundred percent funded. Now it's probably I bet it's I bet it's close to two hundred by the time uh we are listening to this. But yeah, right now yeah, I think it was like one twenty two today. For sure. We should um hopefully have hit a stretch goal, maybe two. I'm I'm looking forward to that. It's fun yeah. being uh getting to live in the future for a second. <laughs> it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, uh, you are the founder of board game brothers and, uh, designer or co-designer of rap gods, correct? Uh, you, mm-hmm. yep. And then, uh, and then the designer of hoop gods. So rap gods came out, uh, last year, correct? Um, technically this year. So yeah, it, it, it oh, actually gosh, was, that feels like was delivered three years ago. It, it feels like <laughs> so long ago. Let me tell you. It um, does. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was technically delivered in January, uh, so yeah, a 2020 release, and um, we were obviously shooting for before then. But the process of just delivering a Kickstarter and producing a game is so complicated. <laughs> and your right. first time through, right. you just you run into so many things that you have no idea about. Even though you know we knew people in the industry and we asked questions and we were talking to everyone about best practices there's still a million things that you don't catch the first right. time through oh yeah i i would i would wager there's a million things you don't catch the fifth time through <laughs> just because yeah, it's 100 percent so, true yeah kickstarter is just so you just you you never know what to expect you know before we started recording we were talking about hoop gods and how you said you know different expectations that you have when you launch and how you you can make predictions but you never really know how well it's gonna do you know so it is nerve wracking every single time. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you bet every single time I was like, uh, actually, right. right after after we hit the launch button for like 30 minutes, because there's a bunch of stuff you have to do right after you launch, you have to launch and you have to first just like do all the social media posts. But then you mm-hmm. have to share like there's referral links that you want to send out to all of your uh, like media channels who are posting so that you get accurate sort of like um, tracking on all of the the activity that's going to your page. And right. the entire, it's a, it was like 30 minutes. I was just like doing all this different and I was shaking. I was actually Gosh. just like shaking, like trying to type and click. And it was outrageous. I'm like, yeah, I guess, is it going to be like this every time? I'm sure it was <laughs> last time if it was this time. So who knows? Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I feel nerves probably I would have to think get somewhat better. Um, I mean, in theory, right? At least being able to say, you know, the last like several Kickstarters have been fine. This one will probably be fine too. <laughs> but, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> it's still it's so. Um, Kickstarter is one of I would say one of the biggest necessary evils, right, in the board game industry. Like it can be this amazing joyous thing, but it's also it's just terrifying. And uh, because, yeah, because you just never know. Crowdfunding involves crowds and uh, <laughs> you never know what they're going to do, right? You actually never know. And we feel like particularly, I think, nervous about it because we are kind of putting out games that are very odd for the industry. And we like even the the even though our gameplay resembles a lot of gameplay that's in modern board gaming, it still always feels like a huge risk to, to be putting our games out there. And yeah, right. we never know how people are going to respond to it. I, I do feel like, and personally, you know, when we talk about like, it, when you see certain games, you're like this, this is what Kickstarter was built for. Right. And I, I feel like your games and your company are one of those things that Kickstarter was built for. Because you're putting out games, like you said, are different. Yeah, it's true. The gameplay is close to modern gameplay, but thematically and things, they're they're not what people expect, and they're it's different voices. And I think that that's where Kickstarter really shines, right? Is that it can get it gets out those projects, it gets out the weird projects, right? Which are some of my favorite. I mean, my favorite things to back on Kickstarter are like the weird things that you could never buy in a store because they need Kickstarter to, to really push them forward. So yeah, so yeah I think your yeah. company's great for that. And I, you're, you're absolutely right. I think we, we are able to, to kind of carve out space uh, for, for what we're doing in Kickstarter, where we may not be able to do that as easily, you know, just trying to do anything mass market. Like it's hard for a small company who's doing different right, things right. To, to be able to break into that part of the industry um, and so this allows us, yeah, to at least get our start and build up our, our company and our brand to the point where we can mm -hmm. do more. So, uh, oh, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's and I think, you know, for obviously for I think for a company like yours, um, you know, the next step after when you get your first Kickstarter, you get your game out there, then you're looking at like live conventions and stuff. Right. Which, of course, 2020, <laughs> not the year for that. Um <laughs> So I think it's it's fantastic that you have been doing so well, being that we're talking about 2020, where if uh, did you did you have plans to do like Gen kind of things like that? Or was that not kind of in your scope no, for, for? the Yeah, uh, it was it was basically we were lined up this year to hit five or six conventions. Um, we were yeah. able to secure table space at a few of them. Um, to make sure that we could have some games available for sale. Like this year was our big year to sell Rap Gods um, because mm -hmm. we got delivered in January and we sort of knew that was happening. Um, we knew we had delays, but we also knew that this year would be, we, we could set ourselves up for a success this year in terms of mm -hmm. selling the game and being at conventions and being visible and getting our name out there a little more. So yeah, Absolutely. we were... We were uh, this would this would have been my first year going to Breakout Con. We were going to get some games up there. Um, we were lining up Gen Con. We were lining up uh, Blurred Con and uh, Origins. Like it was it was really the year for it. Um, and then it all dissolved very very quickly. Right, um, right. 
but yeah, but and I think worked out for us in the end. Right, right. I mean, you. Uh, so yeah, I think that was a great plan, right? I mean, you you got a lot of attention on Kickstarter for Rap Gods, and then you know you would have really shined, obviously, at those conventions as well because you you've got the space there. And then yeah, that's kind of right the next step into building to be able to be able, to being able as a smaller company to get things to where you're selling mass market style, right? You're doing the web, and uh, do you do traditional distribution or, or no? Um, we hadn't done that before. So we were really kind of aiming to sell our games in, uh, I would say, more unorthodox ways. So uh, we were, I, I did mention this before, but we were, of course, looking at all of the board game conventions um, right, because right. that clearly makes sense for the type of game that we have. Um, and that was the audience in the community that we were already connected to. But we also were going to be trying to line up hip hop festivals and sort of like other adjacent uh, events where we could sell games, where we, we would most likely be the only board game there, which again can help you to kind of like sell and pitch to people um, who are not necessarily going into that space expecting it. But when they see something like that, they're like, oh, wow, I'm here to listen to some music. But if I can leave here with this hip hop game, that's cool. Why not? And, And you don't have competition in that space, which is nice, which exactly. is very different from being at, you know, at, at a large convention for that's made specifically for board games. So we were really going right. to try to do something different this year and, and see what happened. Yeah. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that, you know, the, the place where you don't have the competition, right? Like, so I, one of the, with some of the games that I have, I had extra copies from like publishers and stuff. And I was like, I should just try and sell some of these. So I, I went to uh, a church was having a craft sale. It was all had to be like stuff you produced or made. Right. And I was like, it was 10 bucks for a table. And I was like, you know what? I have a bunch of family friendly games. So I bought a table and I made like 300 bucks, (laughs) like for like three hours Um, because people were like, whoa, board game. And they were Christmas shopping. Right. So like, um, so I did that for a couple of years. It was really successful. Um, And yeah, I mean, so it's the same type of thing where people aren't expecting, right? Like you clearly, you have a game, like you have rap gods, you're at a hip hop festival, right? People are are showing up the hip hop festival. They love the music. Wait, I can buy a game based on that and I can bring that back with my family. And I can, you know, I mean, that's, yeah, it's hitting people with that unexpected, that unexpected item can be really, really beneficial uh, for you Uh, from a sales perspective. Yeah, I think so too. The other thing I think that for, um, I think from what I've seen of Rap Gods and Hoop Gods, they both have really nice table presence, um, which works really well for conventions. If you're doing demos, like even if you have a booth and you're demoing right at the booth, you know, people see that, um, those games with the good table presence, you know, and that's, um, and also you'd, you'd have had a booth with mostly just Rap Gods there, right? And then maybe some other items you were selling along with that, some other products. Um, but that allows people to really focus on that and, you know, those are my favorite booths when you walk up and they've got one or two games and you can tell that they've just poured so much passion and work into those games that yeah. that's exciting. I get excited about those games, even if they're not my <laughs> theme, right? You know, I mean, seeing that as like, Oh, this, you know, they're really into this. Um, yeah. And that energy I feel like wears off on, on people, right. <laughs> when you're looking at their oh, stuff. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and and I think you know our when we were just talking about our our booth and like what it would be like to be at a convention, our our ideal is where we have you know a couple games that really highlight what we bring to the table. So um, you know we we continue in this process, and uh, we we clearly have uh, at least two games now to show. Um, I know we we are working on another game, and we also have one game. Um, that I wish we could talk more about, but it um, we actually signed with another publisher, so hopefully that happens awesome. in twenty twenty one too. Um, so we we're really looking forward to the next time we're actually able to be at conventions and show people yeah. what we're doing. You're telling me. You're telling. Me. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait either. Um, it's but yeah. No, that's I, I'm I'm so excited that you still have been successful this year. I know that you did. I don't know all the details. I remember seeing it and I, I came late to the party to where I saw it right at the tail end. Um, but you did a sale with rap gods and raised money for black lives matter. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that actually was, was pretty much all community sort of driven. Um, we, we didn't start that. So, uh, Danny plays games, Danny Quash actually put a, a, a message out there and was like, Hey, I'll donate. Uh, I think it was $10 for every copy of rap gods that gets sold um, to, to black lives matter. And we immediately doubled that. We were like, well, if one of our random friends on the internet can donate money for the sale of right. our game, then we can donate money for the sale of our game. Um, so we decided to, to join in that. And we had, we had 10 or 15 people basically follow up right behind that and even a few uh publishers wow. who said they would all match and so it ended up being um uh close to i think it was a hundred dollars per copy of rap gods sold wow. would actually be donated which is more than the cost of the game so it, it really right. it, and that that ramp up it just happened so quickly and everybody kind of just jumped on board to support um and basically sold out all of our games in a couple weeks Wow. And what did you end up raising? I remember it was a really, it was, it was a yeah, good number. It was, it was, it was just over 80,000. Um, and wow. we ended up splitting that between a few different organizations that were doing social justice work. Um, oh, but yeah, it was, that was a lot of money. I've, I've never personally done anything in that sort of scale. Uh, well, to yeah, to help out any organization. So it was really, really, really cool to to just be a part of that process it, it it was fun i think mostly because it was the community that just made it happen and we just got to mm -hmm. be a part of it which is awesome yeah that's amazing and so you you sold out of rap gods so i know that on your hoop gods um you're doing a second printing of rap gods um mm -hmm. correct with the uh yeah yeah and i know that's that is uh that is always awesome to see. You, you see that with small publishers a lot like on their third or fourth game they're doing it for their first game so to see you already this quickly on your second game reprinting your first game is awesome like that's so cool yeah um, we were that. not expecting it, it was, it's <laughs> nice it's not for a lot of reasons so actually we we were able to move up the the hoop gods kickstarter because of that so like i said before so we were intending on spending this entire year selling rap gods and then launching our hoop gods kickstarter next year but because we right. basically sold out in the summer we got to focus we got to hyper focus on finishing yep. hoop gods and getting it ready and getting a kickstarter done 
um, and ready for October, which was crazy. We were like, can we do it? Can we really do this? Do we have enough time? And it was like, we're, if we start today and we start talking about it and getting the word out and we finish up all our play testing, I think we could do it. And yeah, we just, we just really grinded for as much as we could to make sure we were, we were setting ourselves up to be okay for this launch. Right. No, that's, that's fantastic. It's great that you were able to take, you know, a a pretty crappy time (laughs) in the the world and, and able to sit down and focus and get that stuff out there and done. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. And right now we need, we need more games that, that make us excited and and that's just super important. So it is so true. Yeah. I, I mean, we were really happy about it too and we feel good about it because uh, it, it just it's a signal that we were doing all the right things. You know, we we had we are friends with a bunch of designers and publishers and everyone talks about, you know, building this pipeline and making sure that you're you're constantly sort of creating games and developing ideas. Um, and we didn't realize how much of a necessity that was until all of a sudden you're you you don't have anything to sell right and if you you have a company you constantly should be trying to sell right right we had nothing to sell and it's like well what's next and thankfully we had two games that were basically done and it was like okay let's make the decision let's pick a game let's focus on it and and make it happen that's awesome so what what got you into um into starting board game brothers and designing in general, what, what, what had you, what was kind of the the catalyst for that? Uh, well, myself, I've always been interested in designing games. I think my intention sort of like through college and kind of in the beginning of my career was to be in video games. Um, and so I, I focused on, um, studying that and learning that process. And, um, in, I, I kind of practiced on my own a little bit. I started trying to do some some game development. Uh, very, I guess this was when when Flash and Action Script were huge for you know starting designing games, and so I got into that a little bit um, and didn't go far enough into it to actually produce anything. I had some some cool scripts and animations, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't until my brother kind of uh, brought this hip hop game idea to me randomly when he was visiting from New Orleans and that I, I even considered designing a board game. I was playing a bunch at that time, but I hadn't thought about designing one. Um, but it, it felt so natural when he started talking about it or we started talking about it. It felt so natural that I could sort of translate my intention from video game design and just, translate that into board game design and in so many ways it just fits me and my personality better um i love the i love the physical interaction with the the pieces and the board and what that brings to the experience i love the social interaction component that happens sitting down at the table with people and the psychology of what makes games work in that situation so uh getting a chance to change and think about those things just felt so much better than than the process than going through the process for for developing digital games so it it felt natural he just popped up with with that thought and that idea and yeah we just kind of ran with it from there 
And it felt important, you know, based on everything that we were thinking about in the game and the content. Uh, it, it felt important that we created our own company to represent that idea. We were not confident that if we sold it, uh, if we signed with another publisher, that they could bring our vision to life in the way that we wanted to see it. And we knew we would struggle. We knew we would have to learn a lot and have to learn a lot really fast to make it happen. But I mean, that's that's kind of the the challenge you accept when you decide to do something new and different, right. which we, me and my brother are completely just comfortable with that process. That's that's kind of a thing in our family to just take big risk and 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 do crazy things and and try to bring your ideas to life. Right, and I, I so a couple of things there that really I, I loved hearing. You know, the idea that when you came up with this game and you, and you got it ready, you said, we have to do this ourselves, right? We don't, we don't trust that somebody else is going to, is going to do it justice in the way that you wanted it represented. And I think that's, that's so important. And it speaks to the concern in, in the design industry that there aren't enough diverse voices or, you know, historically haven't been right. I know we're, we're making great strides and great progress uh, towards that, but we also yeah. have a long ways to go, I think, to really get to the point where we're, um, where everyone is represented. Um, but, but it takes, it takes people like you and your brother willing to say like, Hey, we're going to make sure that this gets out there in the, in the voice that we wanted to have. Um, and that's, you know, it, it, it's, I'm sure like just seeing it from my perspective, it's, it's gotta be scary to think like if you had sold it to someone, right. Knowing how you were able to do it now on your own and take that huge risk. Right. I think a lot of people, are afraid to take a risk like that. Um, you know, I, when I first started board game designing, I published uh, two years in, I self-published my first game. It was a little tiny game, a little card game. Cause I just was like, what's Kickstarter like? Let's try this. And it was like, Oh, this is awful. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyways, you know, when I, it's taken now till next year, I'm going to do a Kickstarter again for the first time in, you know, seven, six or seven years. Wow, and, yeah. uh, and it's, and it's because it is a big risk, right? And when you're just designing games and selling them to people, that's not a big risk, right? The biggest thing you waste is your time. But when you're producing a game, you got to pay for art, you got to pay for a lot of stuff, uh, and you're putting that big risk out there. Um, yeah, and it but it's adds great up. to see it, it adds up out. very quickly. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, people, a lot of people don't realize. I think as I, I obviously, if you've published a game, you do. But like as game designers we don't always realize the cost of everything. I mean, between art, graphic design, you know, and all those different pieces, figuring out how to print the game and what it's going to cost and having to care about the components. You know, as a designer, you can say, well, here's all the components and the publisher will figure it out, right? Um, but then sometimes you end up thinking, oh, I would have done it differently, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, but there's so much to figure out. Um, and thank goodness for things like Kickstarter to where, you're not risking as much as you would have if you'd had to go print thousands of copies of your game yes. <laughs> on your own. It is very helpful in that, right? Very helpful. Right, right. But still, I mean, when you're talking about starting a small business and, you know, you're a two-person show starting out, right? I mean, you've got you yeah. and your brother and um, that uh, that still is is a lot to to put out there, you know? I mean... Um, it's a lot of cost to cover when you're starting. And if that Kickstarter fails, 
you're on the hook for that because <laughs> the artists and yeah. the people don't care if the if the uh, Kickstarter failed, right? <laughs> no, they don't. And that was that was some of the hard conversations that you that we had to have for sure. It was, you know, we were we were very unsure, especially like as soon as Rap Gods came out of publishing and and we fulfilled and and delivered to all of our backers. The next question was like, okay, what's next? And what's next for us was basically spending a whole lot of money to be at the conventions and hoping that, you know, those, those paid off and were profitable, which would allow us to continue. Um, So the, the, the really nice um, part about how this year ended up going is that we, we were able to, because we sold our game, we're in a position and we have a little more flexibility now to be able to, mm-hmm. um, you know, hire artists without thinking about it as much. Um, it's not right. coming out of pocket, basically. So right, yeah, every, right. Which is everything nice, right? <laughs> for, for two years was effectively just coming out of pocket. Um, even yeah. our, our first Kickstarter, the, where we put the goal, we knew that that would cover all basically purely manufacturing. Um, we knew we were, we would have to cover a lot of the shipping costs on our own. Um, we knew we would have to cover a lot of the marketing on our own if we wanted to, to be able to sell games afterwards. Um, so even that first Kickstarter just, just basically got us to the point where we could continue functioning, <laughs> but it was right. still, uh, it was still mostly our own money at that point. Um, so yeah, getting, getting here now, and it feels like, okay, we're an actual business, which is right, a right. completely strange and foreign concept. Uh, but it's helped us a lot because now we just, it, it puts us at ease to focus on designing cool games, right? making sure that, the, you know, we, we put the time and effort into the Kickstarter specifically, um, getting it ready. We had the money to be able to get the word out and do some marketing, and 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 actually we we hired a, a wonderful uh, marketing person to help us with some PR. Oh, that's uh, fantastic! The campaign. Um, so yeah, it it's been such a night and day difference being able to do it in a way that feels like okay, this is the right way, this is the sustainable way, um, but it also makes us realize how much it actually takes to get there. Like this was two years. This was a lot of money out of our pockets to Mm -hmm. be able to make it happen. I mean, I'm sure I'm ballparking it. Like we must've spent at least 15 grand just out Mm -hmm. of our own, um, just like savings and to be able to get to the point where rap guys was in people's hands and we were going to be at conventions and be able to sell them. Um, which right. is a scary number thinking about it, but we, we prepare for it. Like we knew if we were going down this road, this is what it's going to take. We got to be ready for <laughs> right. that. We might lose it all, but we think this is important and we think this will make both of us happy. So let's do it. Yeah, no. And I, I love to, you know, I think that a lot of two things that popped out to me. One was obviously you, um, you talked about how when you set that goal on Kickstarter, right? You set the goal to fund the game, to to make the game, and that everything else was going to be your problem. And you know that is that's the 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 big argument with Kickstarter, right? When you come with small companies, is do I put a goal that does everything I needed to do, or do I put a goal that does 
the bare minimum that I needed to do and know that I'm just going to be out the rest of the money because I care about this and I want this done. Right. Um, and that's, that is, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I actually definitely side with what you all did, which is if I was doing a Kickstarter, I'm going to set that goal is reasonable as possible, knowing that I can fund the game and that if I lose some money, I lose some money. Right. Um, because yeah. I want to get the game out there. That's the big thing. Um, but the other thing you said that I, I didn't even think about that's really interesting to me is, so you were, you said, you know, having this money and having this set up means that we can focus on designing cool games. And what's interesting about that is most publishers, right, don't design and publish their own games because those are two separate jobs that are both like full-time jobs <laughs> and you're doing both of them. So, you know, that is, you know, another thing in this process, right, that um, is, is a big deal that you're, you are publishing your own games. Is that, is the goal to generally do the games yourselves and then, or, or are you interested in working with other designers or even taking games other people have done and publishing them? I'm just, um, if you don't want to answer that, yeah. you don't have to, I'm just kind of curious. No, I totally can. So we, we kind of decided from the onset that we wanted to establish a brand and with our company that we wanted to establish a brand that was was recognized as producing cool games that aren't in any sort of particular like niche in terms of the gameplay right like we can produce right, right. a sort of medium uh gateway game that's a little more complex a little more involved slightly bigger we can produce a small card game that's interesting and compelling we can produce this like very thematic two-person sports game we we knew we just wanted to provide a nice uh just breadth of skill and and just demonstrate that we could make cool games that aren't mm -hmm. just in a very narrow scope and i think personally for me this was sort of my test is like as a game designer can i accomplish that can i do mm -hmm. that effectively can i use my brain to create these things to create this company that represents these things um and so for for now we are basically working on the games ourselves um mm -hmm. we we obviously we have a ton of amazing people in the industry and other designers who play test and give us all sorts of ideas and help along that process but we're we're taking it on ourselves for right now but that's not the intention long term i i i think a big a big part of us sort of building this company is that we if we can establish ourselves and and as a successful publishing company, that means we can sign games from designers who might get overlooked otherwise. And so right. that it, it it's going to take a lot to get to that point where people are just confident in what we're bringing to the table. But as soon as that feels really good and stable, then I think we're going to start looking for other designers to, to contribute designs that we can actually produce. And, you know, realistically, I don't think we're that far off from that. I think after we produce Rav Gods, we probably have one more, or Hoop Gods, uh, I think we probably have one more game specifically that's going to come out just from us, um, probably a bigger game, because that's, that's what we've been missing, sort of the bigger, more complex game i think we're gonna go for that next and 
I think probably after that, we're going to start looking and, and taking pictures and seeing what else is out there and what people uh, are going to bring to the table, or at least bringing in some folks to co-design with us uh, just mm-hmm. to expand our, our design uh, philosophy a little bit. That's fantastic. And, and I love the idea that you would be looking for the underrepresented voices who may get passed over. Um, I think that's fantastic. Uh, you know, I, I, any company that's doing that is that's important work, right? That we that we do that and we make sure that all the voices are heard. That's. Yeah, I can't say that enough. That's something we've talked about a lot on this podcast. It's really it's really important to us as well. Um, so, yeah, I um, I mean, I there's about that there's. There's a couple like levels to that, right? So I think the 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 important piece, like I want everybody to do that, but I know that there's going to be a, a bunch of designers who were like us, who wouldn't necessarily trust something going to a different publisher right. and they might mm-hmm. trust us with it. And so that's where I think we have a nice opportunity to be able to take somebody's vision who they might not trust with another company and and hopefully we can be there to say hey like we understand what you're going for and we can help you make that happen um which is is very different i think than what exists in the industry right now yeah that's a great that's a great point you know um talking about it's so as just being a Midwestern white guy, right? I mean, I the, the think the closest that I can tie into um, into that idea of being afraid of something I design being... Because like when I design a game, right? Like if I give it to a publisher, I might say, I really hope you stick with this theme, right? Uh, but if they yeah. don't, it's like the themes you're dealing with are, are you know, represent a specific culture, right? Um, when yeah. you're talking about hip hop, or basketball, right? In, in in the culture that surrounds that, and that I mean specifically, the hoop guys is about street basketball, right? Yeah. I mean that yeah. is yes, which is a specific type of basketball, mm-hmm. um, and uh, like so, I think the closest I can get to understanding that from my perspective is that I have a game that Neil Roberts and I designed called Compulsed, and that is a game that is it's a cards with numbers game, but it, the the goal of the game is to make someone understand without being heavy handed what it's like to live with OCD. Um, I have OCD. And so it's important to me to be able to explain that in a game. And that's like, when we take it to publishers, we say, listen, I don't need the theme to be overtly. You've got OCD, but like, I need it to be that uh, people understand, like at least in the game that, Oh, this is simulating this. And this is the experience that this is trying to approximate. Um, and that's just one little thing, you know? So I, I imagine that when you're trying to make games that are culturally significant, that's even more, um, you know, important. And uh, yeah, just obviously much like mental health things that could be completely represented in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, culture yeah. has the same, same way where it's been misrepresented in games many times over the years. Um, and absolutely should make you nervous about just going to any random publisher with that and hoping that they're not going to just completely um, go in a direction you didn't want. Because not only does it mean the game wasn't what you want, but but it still says your name on it. Exactly. <laughs> it makes it even worse, right? 
um, because exactly. you don't want yeah. people to be like, oh yeah, I was, I support this. Right. Um, yeah. And you, no, you certainly don't fine. want a game coming out that afterwards you're like, I'm embarrassed that this game came out with my name on it or that it doesn't even have my name on it now because I don't want it there. You know, that's, yeah, I don't know which one is worse. <laughs> Right. I think I think I would go for the my name's on it and it's awful and it's like completely bad representation. Um, but uh, yeah, because I think it doesn't even matter if you had no control over it. People see your name and they're like, oh, so this is the kind of stuff this guy's working on. Right. Yeah. Like, that's scary. That. Right. Like I, I it's yeah. terrifying. That's very, very, very terrifying. <laughs> I know yeah. there are publishers that I've not worked with before because I thought, I don't know that they're going to do a good job positively representing whatever. Right. And that's, yeah. So I, 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 I feel it. So I, the burning question in my mind is the third game, does it have to have the word gods in it? Like, is this the gods trilogy? <laughs> like, cause I feel like it's a missed opportunity if it's not. Um, because you so can call I it the can, gods trilogy. We have, so we've been ha we've been talking about it a lot more lately um there will be another gods game that's true okay okay whether or not it's the next game that's still debatable we we have a smaller game that i'm i'm actually really excited about it combines some mechanics that i think are interesting and and, and i don't see the combination often um it doesn't currently have a theme also um, it's mm -hmm. the first time I designed a game without a theme in mind at all. So that's it's interesting when that happens too. when you're really into theme, right? When you're like, yeah, how did I design that? Exactly. I mean, it was, a, it, it was, it was actually, I was, I was co-designing a game with someone else. This really neat thing happened and we were trying to figure out how to make, uh, a, a, a mechanic work in that game. And it ended up being trash for that game, but on its own, it was sort of cool. I was like, I'm just right. gonna like see if I can make a whole game out of this weird That's idea, awesome. uh, and I and I really actually like it a lot. And so that we may try to produce that. It's gonna it's gonna take some work ad adapting or creating a theme that fits in our company um, and mm -hmm. fits well, and then probably trying to twist the gameplay to to make it all kind of gel together. Uh, so we may actually put that game out first. Who knows? Uh, again, I told you there's a smaller game that's going with another publisher, um, but um, we did uh, work out a deal with them. So like our name and our company is also going to be on that box too. So it'll nice, look nice. like our game basically. Um, and it does in a lot of ways fit into what we do and, and what we're trying to do. So you'll see a few more games from us that may not be gods, but yeah, eventually we'll get back to that third one eventually. <laughs> Right. I mean, I just, I'm, everybody <laughs> loves a good trilogy. So if you can have the gods trilogy, right. And yeah. it would make sense if like the big game you made was like the third one. Right. So like the end of the trilogy is like, you know, that's, that's and then, my, and then you do I a fourth think... one. just cause you can. <laughs> Right. Well, so if we, if we went with a fourth one, it would probably just be expansions on the other games. Probably. Right. Right. Uh, actually we were talking about maybe even doing expansions on, uh, rap gods or hoop gods before we do the a big third game because big games are scary right. i'm not gonna lie i'm so i'm oh, a little are. bit yeah, yeah. petrified to do like a game that has you know four or five integrated systems and an economy like i'm a little bit afraid of that but i know we it's i know terrifying. i'm going to get into it and 
kind of already starting down that process, but it is scary. It's so much scarier than what we've done so far. I I rarely design big games. And I, if I do, it's always with a co-designer because, yeah, because I, I think it's scary. I, I, I feel much more comfortable designing a small to midweight game uh, with not, you know, 20 interconnected systems where you're just like, ah, I hope this all works. Ideally, yeah, yeah. We are, well, we're in it, and I guess it's tricky for us because you know our our brand is is trying to bring new new gamers into the industry too, and so right. because of that, all of our games have a very gateway sort of level entry level feel to them because that's our intention and right yeah designing a big game we're gonna we're gonna have to depart from that at least slightly um which i'm okay with as long as it it still fits into the the world that we're trying to create and i think that's how it is now so we started with rap gods and then we attach hoop gods to that and now it's like okay we're creating a universe so can we Mm -hmm. put something in that universe it can be big but it should fit into that universe well. And it should right, ju- right. just like make sense for all the other characters and personalities that we're creating. And if we can do that, then I'm okay with it being a bigger game and it not necessarily fitting in that, in that gateway slot. And yeah, we're just going to count on the, the, the industry to, to get, to be attached to those ideas and, and, right. and, and buy those games. That is an interesting thought, though. Yeah, when you're trying to make gateway games and then making a game that is decidedly bigger than a gateway game, you could always try to mechanically attach it in some small way to the other games so that if you've played your gateway games, you know, then, hey, oh, yeah, it's got this small system from Hoop Gods, this small system from Rap Gods. I know they're different games, but, um, you know, that sort of thing where you can draw people in. But that is that's a good thing. And yeah, you don't want that to be your first game. And you say, we're here to make games that are entry level for people. And you're like, and this one's big and crazy. <laughs> no, we got to we got to do a lot more right. work. So that's why right, I'm, right. I'm fine. Uh, yeah. Having having some smaller games kind of come before that, because it's right. it's going to be it's going to it's going to look and feel different is my thought. And yeah, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think too, like one of the things it appears you're doing is between rap gods, hoop gods, if you have a small next game and then a big game, you're looking at having a lot of different price points within your catalog, which is always great, right? Because then there's somebody comes and sees your booth and they say, oh, it's rap gods. Like, oh, maybe that's a little much for me. But oh, hoop gods, you know, or this other game, right? Like the, you've got these different price levels uh, that I think can be really helpful when, you know, somebody comes to your booth and then you know, and they're not not sure what they want or if they want to, you know, they've got to your website. They would just want to yeah. try something from your company. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You have a $20 game. Great. You have a $60 game. Awesome. Right. <laughs> All over right, the place. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I and I think that's I really think that's smart. So I would love to talk a little more in depth about Hoop Gods. Um, yeah, I'd sure. like to have you kind of just pitch me the kind of the 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 core of how the game works um and talk about that a bit and maybe talk a little bit about its creation and that sort of thing so yeah uh so hoop gods was was actually kind of the third game that we started working on as a company and um what we intended to do with hoop gods was create a game that really 
we, we went hardcore on theme. We wanted that pure basketball feel. And so that's exactly where we went with that game. And so it's a, it's a two player head to head street basketball competition. And it really, the, the competitiveness, the intensity, that's what we were trying to deliver on. And uh, the game itself plays great in it and it has all of those elements in it um some of the main pieces are uh the one that i think people are the most surprised by and intrigued by is the juice system uh, which is how which is the energy system that you manage your players and uh, allows you to do everything that you do on the court uh, and this it, it felt really good to us to be able to put a system like that in a game so that, you know, you're playing basketball, but there is a strategic element to it because there is so much strategy in sports. We wanted you to feel that too. Um, As much as there is luck and excitement and, and energy and tension, there's also strategy. So we felt the need to combine those things. So we developed this juice system to really feed into that. Um, So yeah, on your turn, basically you can do, as much uh, on your turn as you have juice in your available uh, bank to mm-hmm. juice, um, which we felt good about. Just and again, we gave players some freedom, right? And it's like I, 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 I typically shy away from systems that say, "Hey, you have two actions on your turn." Um, right, I, right. I like this much more, where it's like, "Hey, do you have energy? Cool, use as much of it as you want, or as right, little right. as you want." And your opponent just has to deal with that. And so that's what it, a lot of the interesting decisions come in Hoop Gods is that you're having to decide, okay, my opponent is using a whole lot of energy right now. Do I want to try to meet that and stop what they're doing? Or do I want to be reserved so that I have a bunch for my next turn? And so right, right, always making these decisions. Um, but we knew it was a sports game, so we had to get the energy up. We had to make the pacing to the point where it felt like a sports game. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's when we um, sort of just like through playtesting and uh, we got some great ideas, obviously, from playtesters, but it eventually became a real-time dice battle that happens whenever two players sort of run into each other on the court basically right uh, right so and and these these happen with action cards so if one person plays a crossover then the other player can defend against that with a lockdown card lockdown defense card to try to stop that crossover from happening and so whenever those two cards are played against each other in this action reaction situation then you have to roll dice in real time and try to match the patterns on the dice to the patterns on the card um and wow it's like this very yeah just intense moment where like somebody's gonna get it before the other person and whoever gets (laughs) it first is successful and then that card uh sort of drives whatever happens on the court and so Mm -hmm. it's this back and forth between strategy and trying to you know move around the court and make the right moves um and then on top of that we gave all of the players uh, we gave all of the players special abilities, so they're all unique. They all work better or worse in different scenarios. Some are more offensive, some are more defensive. Um, and then we gave them all sizes, 
which will affect I how much that. energy. Yeah. So the sizes determine how much energy it takes to do certain moves. So if you're one of the little ballers, then you're going to have to spend more energy to try to block a shot or to try to dunk. Um, and if you're one of the big ballers, it takes more energy to try to steal or do a crossover. Um, and okay. it works also with the way that the dice battles take place. So that if you are uh, a, a big baller and you're trying to dunk, you actually get more dice. You get an extra dice added to your pool for when you're rolling off against somebody who's trying to block. So it increases the likelihood you can get that pattern right. faster. Uh, so there's there's so much cool decision points where you're like, ooh, should I pass it to that player to shoot because he has better shooting ability and will get an extra dice. But that defender that they're up against is a large player and they're going to get an extra dice to block. Like right. constantly thinking about these scenarios and trying to figure out what's the optimal move and how much energy is it going to take to do that versus do this. So yeah, there's, there's just a lot of fun just things that happen in moments in that game that we're, we're really super proud of it. And I think that that is reflected in, in the Kickstarter campaign getting funded on the first day. Right. Yeah. No. And I, I'm just in love with games where like the theme really justifies the mechanics, you know, and listening to you talk about all of the different, you know, dice attributes with the characters, even their sizes and their abilities. And that just feels so just spot on. Um, for, you know, really using what you could out of the theme to just, to just put in every mechanic that worked with that, right. To really make it feel like it just, it just is a perfect fit. And I, I, I love that about that sort of thing. And I'm for the record, I'm not a sports guy and this still immediately caught me. I watched the video and was like, I'm interested. And then, you know, reading more about it and hearing you talk about it, it just, it's really exciting, um, seeing how it all pairs together. Yeah, thanks. It, it's it's been it's been so interesting to us because it took so much for us to pare the game down to be able to to get to that point where it felt right. Uh, the original mm -hmm. game just it, it took too long. It was slower. There were more dice, which was fun to just play with. Like I could take I could have taken the original dice mechanics from our original game and put that in another game and it would be amazing. But it just didn't fit for this game. Right, right. So it was it the, like making those choices was was so difficult, but like it just paid off so much to be able mm -hmm. to cut things out and get the game down to where it yeah like you're describing like it really sings and and bring all brings those those thematic elements together in the gameplay and i i i, I am this is my baby i describe it that way right. so rap gods when throughout all the development that was really my brother's game it was everything that he sort of cared about in hip-hop and we we brought that to life um, but this game is is in terms of like I'm I'm not into like sports teams or players, but I just love the way that sports work. And mm -hmm. the, the yeah. I don't know who came up with basketball, but it's a fascinating process to me to just like create a game that people can play right. and enjoy, like and be physically skilled at 
And that is what interests me. And so being able to turn that into a board game just felt way more like it was coming from me and and what I cared about, about game design. Right. And I think, I mean, any simulation game is, is are simulation games, I think, are the, some of the hardest games to design well. Because like you said, you know, you can simulate every little piece of it. But then, you know, if it's an action-y thing, like, I mean, I guess if you're simulating needle points, right? So it's something that's pretty, like, you know, you know, not, like, super action-packed, right, when you're doing it, or fast-paced. I mean, I guess you could do, like, speed needle point, but that sounds dangerous. You get a lot of poke fingers. Yeah, but um, but uh, it, But with basketball, right, it's got to be fast-paced. It has to be – you have to – it's that balance between feeling mechanically sound to match the game, the simulation – but then feeling the the feeling right emotionally, it feels yeah. like you're doing yeah. something like that. And that I think is the biggest trick to designing a good simulation game is to really nail the emotion. Right. And that's where the theme comes into, right. That it feels like basketball, then you've done a good job. Right. Um, because yeah. anyone can mechanically design a game that could play basketball. It might not be fun, um, but you could do the mechanics of basketball in a board game. But the idea that you've made it emotionally impactful in, in that feeling, that's, that's I think, what makes this special. Yeah. And accessible to people who know nothing about right. basketball. Right. And, and we kind of got to the point where we realized that with just a few tweaks, we can make sure that players who had knew nothing about basketball could play it. Um, we, we didn't... Right we didn't know that it would be possible from the beginning, but when we got to a certain point, it was like, okay, you know what? Mechanically it's simple enough to grasp the concepts. It was like, if we just make sure that the icons and that the, the wording that we use clearly describes all the actions, like we can't assume not that the player is going to have any knowledge yeah. about what Good a point. crossover is. It's like, can we describe these things clearly and accurately enough so that literally anyone can play it and also get the feeling that they're playing basketball. Like that is the sweet spot. Um, and and I, we, we tried to do that as best that we could. We still get questions every once in a while, like basketball questions. Um, but right. a lot of times what happens is somebody will do something in the game that's that kind of goes against the ideas and theories of basketball. And then they realize very quickly that that is that action is hurting them and then they oh, yeah. don't do it again. And it's like, right, well, right. you're just going to learn the game of basketball through hoop guts is what's going to happen. Right. 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 Oh, that's fantastic. Awesome. Well, yeah, this is the, the I'm, I'm super excited um, to see this game when it comes out. And, um, and I, I wish you continued success on the Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, it's hoop gods. It's out there on Kickstarter right now. It's, uh, out there until November, when 20th. is it? And November 20th. All right. November 20th. And, um, I think it's, what's the price point on it? Uh, it's 35. Okay. Right now. That's what yeah. I thought, but I, I don't want to be like, yeah. it's 35. You're like, actually, it's 40. <laughs> no, no, no. So, yeah, um, the MSRP, whenever we do fully publish, is going to be 40. But we like to right. at least lower that price point a little bit for our Kickstarter backers. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And um, and then you also, I did see you have a level where if you missed Rap Gods, um, you, like I did, because I didn't hear about Rap Gods till it was too late, um, you can do the, the pairing and actually get both. So you get the Rap Gods from the second printing. Yeah, uh, we absolutely, we, 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 we absolutely took the this opportunity of being in a very unique situation uh, to, to have both of those in a bundle together for anybody who missed Rap Gods the first time around. Um, and also at a really good price point, like both of those games at a discount. Um, cause I yeah, think for sure we, we love, I think we love the idea of, of anyone being able to have both of these games and be able to experience both. And again, just see how different of an experience they are, uh, just be able to feel like we're, we're able as a company to create really different, but really fun experiences. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with me. This was a really fun discussion. And I, we haven't really talked much before. So this was we've met like one other time in a play test for an unrelated yeah. game. And uh, so this has been really, really fun to get to know you and hear about everything you're doing. No, I, I absolutely enjoy this. I really appreciate it. So um, listeners, if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at buildingthegamepodcast.com. Uh, email us to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Call us at 770-TELL-BTG. You can also find us on Twitter at PodcastBTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. Omari is at Omari Akil. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, and all of those other places uh, with podcasts. And until next time, good night. Good night, everybody. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial 770 Hotel BTG. Please don't use the email.